This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Tell Me This. I am your host, Carrie Borkowski, and I am here with another short. Um, I did want to let folks know that next week, our next episode will be the first in a series of uh, book club podcasts, and we'll be ta- I'll be talking with a group of individuals about my book, actually, which I'm I'm really excited about. I'm a little nervous, um, but also super excited. So hopefully this will be the last short for a little while and you'll get to hear from some other folks. So today I wanted to talk a little bit about this idea of confidence. Um, And in particular, I wanted to talk about these moments where perhaps we think we need confidence and you could fill in any, you know, Um, I don't know, behavior, disposition, it doesn't necessarily have to be confidence. But interestingly enough, I started to wonder that, I don't know, sometimes I wonder um, if what we think we need in a situation, perhaps it isn't actually what we need. And and let me me get into that a little bit more because maybe that's not being clear. So I had a coaching session last week with my own coach. And I was, we do phone coaching, which is awesome. Um, So I was on the phone with my coach and we were exploring a topic. The topic doesn't really matter. And I was, I was sharing that, you know, it was a a challenging situation for lots of reasons and it was hard. And I, and I just kept saying to the coach and, you know, I I was saying to my coach that in the moment and even after the moment, I was thinking, this is just about confidence. Like if I could just bring the confidence into this space, things would get better. And she was really quiet because she's great at holding space for me to, to process and think. And she asked, what do you need to give yourself permission to be confident in that moment? Right. And we've talked a little bit about this on the podcast that with a powerful question, you can really start to explore, well, if you think you need this thing, this feeling, this reaction, what do you need? What resources, what reminder do you need to give yourself permission? And in my case, she was interested to understand what I needed to sort of support myself in showing up confident. And I paused and I paused a little more and I, and I, and I commented that ugh, that was a, a really good question and it was really hard. And I paused a bit more and then I settled on this and I, sh- I shared with my coach that I actually 
don't think I could ever give myself permission to be confident. And she said, you know, as, as a coach would, well, tell me a little bit more about this. Can you help me understand your relationship with com- confidence? And I hadn't, in that moment, I realized that I'm not sure I had ever articulated this, what I would describe as a complicated relationship with confidence. (laughs) And it sounded kind of funny coming out of my mouth, but it was actually the best way for me to describe how I was feeling about the idea of giving myself permission to be confident. So I shared with my coach that on the one hand, when I see people, whether it's You know, you read about movie stars, athletes, or see individuals in your um, workplace or in your community. I have so much respect for people who show up confident or what I perceive as being confident. I have such a great admiration for individuals who they are who they are, they are proud of who they are, and they're just being themselves. They stand in their truth. They make no apologies, and it's amazing. And I, and I can think of several people um, in my life and whom I admire that I'm just like, ah, oh, if I could just have a little dose of that, right? That confidence. So that's one piece. Then there's a whole another piece of confidence. My perception of confidence that is, that feels like arrogance that you show up in these spaces and there was a great uh, Harvard Business Review article, I think it was about a month ago, talking about confidence over competence and sometimes that they're hypothesizing that sometimes people get ahead in the, in the workplace, not because of com- competence, but because of confidence. And that's the kind of confidence with which I have a complicated relationship. It's arrogant. I perceive it as someone or some group showing up and just taking up too much space, you know, assuming the power, being exclusive. And at the same time, again, my perception is not making space for other voices to be heard, right? So I've got this respect, admiration, standing in your truth, no no apologies, being yourself. And then there's this arrogance to it right? There's this arrogance, exclusivity, not being inclusive. Really, what I notice is it really rubs up against my core values because my core values are all about connection, inclusivity, and showing up curious. And And I'm not clear on that arrogance is what gets in the way, right? So my coach, again, in, in, you know, very coach fashion, was listening, leaning in, and she asked me, well, if it's not confidence, how do I want to show up? In that moment, that difficult moment that we were unpacking and I was talking about and thought I needed confidence, well, we just talked about how I have a complicated relationship with confidence, that I couldn't give myself permission to show up confident. So how do I want to show up? And what I realized is, speaking of core values, I want to show up in my core values. I want to show up authentic. I want to show up vulnerable. I want to show up curious. I want to cultivate connections and transparency. 
And then she asked me to explore that a bit. And in that exploration, she asked me what that would feel like to show up in my core values. And in that moment, that anxiety, that worry, that frustration that I was feeling around needing confidence turned into feeling grounded, feeling calm, feeling like I could do that, right? Because remember how this conversation started or where it went. It was this idea that I, how did I need to be, what did I need to show up confident? And then all of a sudden, if I think about my core values, as I explored those core values with my coach, I realized I didn't have to make this so difficult, that it's actually much easier just to show up in a way that really lights me up, which are around my core values, prioritize those things that matter to me. Because at the end of the day, again, like articulating some of this out loud, at the end of the day, I'm not that interested and care less about confidence. Like it is not a priority for me. It is not a priority for me, right? So I'm just wondering, you know, as I, as I was reflecting on the coaching session, I was thinking to myself, you know, what, what, what we think we need or what we think we should bring to a space might not always be what we need actually or how we want to show up. And so for me, right, like, so of course I I started thinking about confidence and the idea that it's, you know, this idea of a state of being in a certain way around success of a particular behavior, right? I went into the literature, of course, and I am not, I'm I'm not an expert in confidence or self-efficacy, but there is a difference. So self-confidence is around... Um, you know, it's, it's more of a general sort of disposition. Um, Bandura, who is probably the most famous um, uh, researcher around self-efficacy, talked about self-confidence as a lack, lack certainty, right? The idea that it's a state of being around judgments, events, and outcomes. And self-efficacy, on the other hand, is specific perception about one's ability to do something, whether it's general self-efficacy around like mathematics, for example, or doing a podcast or domain specific, right? Or very specific self-efficacy where it's maybe an episode of a podcast or maybe even more specific editing a podcast, right? So, um, and not to go down a rabbit hole because I don't know that it matters um, all that much for the conversation we're having, but for so long, I've sort of thought, well, you just need to bring more confidence. That's all, you know, you just need to be more confident. And what I'm learning and what I learned in that coaching session is for me, it wasn't about confidence. It was showing up in my core values to be authentic, to be curious, to stay vulnerable, to be courageous. And so then, you know, of course, in my geeky brain, the researcher brain, I started to go down a rabbit hole. And that's where sort of I was exploring confidence and self-efficacy. And to nobody's surprise, the research is clear that as we 
you know, work on self-efficacy, do professional learning around efficacy for teachers, professional learning around efficacy for parents, for students, positive outcomes emerge or better outcomes emerge. And what I started to think about was, and I did find a couple of articles, and I'm sure there's many more out there. What I started to think about was maybe it's not all about confidence. Maybe it's about belonging. Maybe it's about creating spaces that are welcoming, where we're free to express our emotions, our thoughts, our ideas, our perspectives, our dreams, our opinions, the possibilities. What if we could create spaces where everybody could show up in their core values? Everybody could share their core values. I wonder how much confidence, self-efficacy would matter at that moment. Would creating spaces so we could be bigger, so we could walk in our truths. Um, I don't know, I just, that's what I've been thinking about. This idea that maybe what we think we need is not actually what we need. And maybe we should, again, stop and notice what we're asking for or what we are expecting of ourselves and interrogate that. Um, I was listening to Brene Brown the other day. She was interviewing um, Abraham Kendi um, on some work that he's been doing, and he wrote a book. Um, I haven't seen the book yet. I need to. I need to take a look at it. But apparently, it's according to Brene Brown and others, it's more of a work of art um, than a traditional book. So I'm super excited. And in their conversation, as Brene Brown does. She was exploring um, Dr. Kendi's, you know, story, because that's one of the first questions she asks is, is, what's your story? And Dr. Kendi shared about his mom. And he describes his mom as someone who always created space for him to explore, to be curious, to ask questions. He said that um, his mom, when he was a kid, he could ask any question. It didn't matter the topic. Um, nothing was taboo in their house, and as long as they were respectful to each other and with each other, they could have dis discourse. And her idea, he said that, you know, in speaking to her now, she's in her 70s, she shares that um, she, she strongly believed that she wanted to be a parent where her child could have a place and an opportunity to ask questions, to be in a space, to be curious, to ask those sort of traditionally taboo questions in a space and a place where he, Dr. Kendi, right, already knew that he was loved, already knew that he had a place, that he had that social connection that, that's related to social belonging. And it's interesting because when, if you listen to the interview with Dr. Kendi, he's not, he didn't speak about how his mother cultivated his confidence. He didn't actually even describe as he went out into the world that it built confidence. He talked about this feeling that he could do anything he wanted to do, that he could 
be curious. He could ask questions. And so, I don't know. It's just, what if our organizations, our schools, our churches, our parks, our meetings, our arguments, right? The arguments and discourse that we had. What if those spaces permitted us to have discourse in those ways? What if at the end of the day, it's not about how confident you are, your expertise in something, your self-efficacy around your ability to make a convincing argument? What if it's about creating belonging? Maybe that's a different kind of confidence. Maybe that is confidence. I mean, as I think about it more, this willingness to make mistakes, to show up vulnerable, to show up authentic, maybe that's real confidence. Maybe that is just real confidence. So <clears throat> I don't know that if I have, I don't know that I have any great realizations in this episode, except to say that don't always assume that you need to pull out the confidence. Don't always assume that you have to show up with some particular expertise. Don't always assume, period, right? Don't always assume whether it's about yourself, whether it's about others. Ask questions. Stay curious. Interrogate the moment, right? I don't know, the idea of leaning into my core values and showing up. I think when I was talking to my coach, I had made some notes. And in my notes, I used the words, you know, vulnerability. I used the words courageous. I used the words authentic. Maybe that's my version of self-confidence. It doesn't really matter what you call it. Clearly, after talking with my coach and reflecting on it, it's what I need in those moments, in those, you know, what I was describing as challenging moments. And perhaps as, you know, Brene Brown reminds us, we just need to own our story and love ourselves through the process of owning that story. And for me, owning the story is showing up vulnerable showing up as I am, and I can definitely give myself permission to do that. We need to celebrate our quirks, not just tolerate, you know, ourselves and others. And there was a quote that I heard, we were, I was in church yesterday, and there was a quote I heard, and I apologize, I don't remember who said it, but the quote said, the quickest way to change the world is to like it the way it is. Quickest way to change the world is to like it the way it is. So what if we could all show up in all of the different spaces we find ourselves and not have to bring that confidence? And sometimes it feels like it's, um, I don't know, like a concocted sort of confidence that's not even authentic, right? What if we could just show up and be not just tolerated but celebrated for our quirks? What if we could... We could, as Mark Twain says or reminds us, sing like no one is listening and dance like no one is watching. That's confidence. That's confidence, right? 
All right, everybody. So as you go through your week, as you finish up the day today or start the day, depending on when you listen to this podcast, when you're in one of those moments or you're having one of those days where you're like, ugh, if I could just bring a dose of confidence, or maybe if you are thinking to yourself or even say out loud to a student, a colleague, a parent, a child, a grandkid, a neighbor, maybe you just need a little more confidence in that moment. Maybe stop and think again. Maybe what that person needs, maybe what you need is to show up in your core values, to feel a sense of connection, to feel a sense of belonging Maybe it's not that dose of confidence. Maybe it's just being seen for who we each are as individuals. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the podcast. Do stay curious. Do stay vulnerable. And show up as your courageous selves. Take care. Your last Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.